Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are here today with London-born and Berlin-based DJ and producer Tommy47, who has been a strong voice on the underground techno scene for more than a decade. In our conversation, we compare the mentality of London and Berlin and speak about why he moved to Berlin and what the first years here were like, what drives him within music production, and talk about veganism, energies, and how he got into that. I am Amanda, and this is Playful Podcast. Yeah, a lot of people when they meet me, they're like, oh, you're totally different to how I imagined mm-hmm. you to be because your photos is always, you're never smiling. And then when they meet me, I'm the complete opposite. So, exactly. Yeah, it's about time I probably it is. put my face <laughs> on the camera maybe. And yeah, people can see me smile. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. So. Yeah, so happy. Okay, I'm super excited to hear about so many things. But first, like, who were you when you, because you grew up in London. Yeah, grew up in London, just kind of greater London. So I was born in Kingston upon Thames, which is, I guess, I don't know, 12 miles from the centre. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like born in Kingston. And then my parents uh, were living in Mosey, Isha, which is in a county called Surrey. So I had quite a like an average upbringing, I guess. Like my parents came from a working class background, worked hard and kind of, I guess, became more of a middle class family. I went to a state school and... Um, yeah, I think there wasn't anything special about how I grew up. Um, I was into sports, a lot of running, sports? rugby. Oh, rugby. Yeah. I used, yeah. I mean, I used to play rugby league and rugby union. Good job. I didn't do that because obviously I'm quite, well, I'm not that big. So, um, yeah, I was like into sports and then to music from about eight. I started playing the drums at school. Um, didn't really stick anything out. I didn't like being told what to do. So I found it hard having teachers around for, for kind of like teach me how to play an instrument. Um, yeah, I played the piano a little bit. And uh, then around eight or nine, my cousin married a DJ that was pretty well known. And that was, I guess, a gateway into electronic music. Oh, yeah. But I, I just wonder if you are 
if you don't really like to do less, take lessons or such, how did you learn to play the drums or the piano? Did you just like freestyle? Just through ear. Like I tried notation, of course, like you'd put a notation out, but it was more from ear. And um, yeah, that didn't, I didn't, I didn't stick it through and just the, the drum teacher used to just put down some money on the, on the floor Tom and say, play this and I used to just copy it. So that, that was kind of like how it was. And um, yeah, I guess that's, probably been my problem is that I can't I find it really I'm really I get bored really easily so I don't like read manuals for equipment and stuff like that I just want to like get into it jump into it and play around and and learn from trial and error really um, oh yeah so. I I feel very much <laughs> with that but did your parents ever play an instrument no or? they didn't but no? they're were, they were really into music like we always had um like my parents vinyl collection I would always like put records on like uh, Fleetwood Mac was like a classic stuff like that um and yeah but they're really they've been really supportive since i wanted to do music and i mean anything i wanted to do they've always been behind me which i was lucky to to have um and yeah that that's i guess who i was i i took any opportunity any opportunity that had music around it i was always jumping in um and i was just messing around with like music programs like reason music 2000 on the playstation i think i was about 14 using that uh which event i had eventually had a track played on radio one and that was just making a track on a playstation but um oh, wow. yes yeah, so i was always messing around and then at college i studied music theory blagged that somehow just did like an as which is one year and then that allowed me to study music technology at university when i was uh, what, 19 so i did that and yeah so that was the journey up until berlin that um, sounds like such a straight ahead journey. Like, did you know, did you always know then that music was the thing you wanted to do or? Yeah, like, yeah it sounds really corny, but like from 13, I was like, I want to be a DJ. So that's, and that's been when the your game uncle? Plan. Yeah, it was my cousin married cousin a married. famous DJ who was on Radio 1 at the time, like super big. Um, and I was kind of in awe of like what he was doing. We used to go to Ibiza, stay at his villa and. Um, Even he, as a kid? Yeah, yeah, 14. I went, I think I was 14 or 15 when I went into Privilege. It was Manu Mission. There's a club, a party called Manu Mission at Privilege. And the DJ booth was like in the middle of a swimming pool and they had like dancers hanging from the ceiling and I was just walking like, whoa. Um, so yeah, I had like, I was lucky to have like an early insight into this weird club land world. You must have been the coolest person in school. Everyone was yeah, I like, know, whoa. I yeah, sometimes like he'd park his Ferrari outside the house and the kids were like, damn, who's at your house? And I was like, yeah. My cousin. Um, so yeah, I was, I was proud of that and he was supportive and um, I could ask advice about, you know, music production. Um, but I used to just knock on his studio door when he'd be in Ibiza and just hand him, a, hand him a cassette and he would listen to it. And then if, if eventually he was like, oh, I'm going to play this track on Radio 1. And uh, that's yeah, that's so pretty cool. Crazy. Um, so yeah. But is he still doing it? He, he's still DJing. He's uh, also acting as a lawyer. He has his own lawyer company now as well. That's also good to have. Yeah, whenever. having a backup plan. No, yeah, but not only. To have a lawyer in the family is always good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah, thinking of backup plans. I, I, I never had one because I was like, I'm going to DJ till I die or yeah. just produce. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's. I don't really have a backup plan. It's always just just as long as I'm moving forward, I'm, I'm kind of uh, happy and everything seems to fall into place as long as it's what you kind of want to do, as cheesy as it sounds. But, um. It, yeah, I'm getting to that point now. I'm like, damn, can my ears last this long? As long as I thought they could. So, 
Oh, you have problems? Uh, this right, the, my uh, right ear, I have a little bit of uh, tinnitus. Like it feels a little bit off compared to the other side. Um, so it's made me more wary. I, I, I'm now really taking more care, which I should have done a long time ago with, it, with earplugs. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, yes, in the back of the head now. So there has never been anything else you wanted to do. I, I think not, it doesn't sound cheesy. It sounds dedicated. Yeah. Like obsessive, and maybe. <laughs> obsessive, maybe. Um, but in a good way, then, because I think also that's the key to like, because it takes a lot of energy to always think about other things and figure out plan B's and plan C's. So that means that you have your energy is just focused straight forth. Yeah, it's, I guess that I have lots of interests around. So I would have never thought I would be vegan, right? So I moved to Berlin and then. After Why did you move to Berlin? Okay, so we rewind a bit. So at that time, so 2007, 2008, the London scene was getting a little bit dry for techno. And my agent at the time was suggesting, why don't you check out Berlin? It's kind of like, where it's at? And at the same time, clubs in London, like the terminals, the ends, uh, they're all closing down. So the landscape was getting pretty depressing right then. Um, and yeah, I did a little, did a little um, recce in 2008 and just checked it out and thought yeah it works so it's it's cheap it's feasible it's, it's accessible um and then 2009 when i finished uh, studying university i um yeah moved there with a friend and we just took the chance and i'm still here um so yeah this uh yeah it, it worked but out ha, ha, but <laughs> had you ever been here on vacation then no, no. no? I, I literally just came out on my own when i was 21 and thought, okay, if everyone's here, if that's the next step that I need to do to make shit happen, then I'll go to Berlin. So and what were, what were your impressions of the city? It was cold and bleak back then. What month was it? I came in December. December. I, think it was, I think it was December or November. There was um, like a music conference happening at uh, Trezor back then. I can't remember the name. Popcorn, maybe. Hmm. And it was, yeah, it was cold and bleak and... Um, Oskreutz, I stayed in Friedrichshain around Oskreutz and like you didn't have the new station then. It was pretty, it felt like you're stepping back 10 years. But the music scene was exciting and like the people were cool. And, and Christmas markets. Yeah, and Christmas markets. <laughs> but, exactly, exactly. but maybe you didn't feel so, did you Did you think like you you made a bad choice then? No, no, like, no. no. I was excited. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, this is where it's at. Like, um, I kind of told my friend at university, Alan, who's the other half of these in hands, do you want to come out like should we should we go to studio should we do some music together and you know we were like 20 21 22 and just super excited i mean we had zero money but we both just grabbed some credit cards and maxed, maxed them out and we stayed at this hostel uh, by oscar it's called first floor hostel which i think I don't, i'm not sure if it's still there but we stayed in this dorm i think it was like six euros a night and we just ate like cereal and yogurt i think we had a budget of like two euros a day what? But yeah, I mean, we, coming we from London, it I know, must but, like, have been crazy. Yeah, but I was living with my parents. Like, this is the oh. first time um, I was I was leaving the home. Two years. Yeah, I had How no long time job. Ago? Sorry? How long time ago was it? It's 2009. Two euros a, a day? Yeah. I mean, I That's could, amazing. Yeah. I'm probably exaggerating a bit, but it was we had literally no money. Like, we didn't do anything. We would just walk around the block and... Um, we didn't know anyone, so we just like hang out in Blockbuster and like drink a beer and stay warm, just walk around. Um, and then after two weeks, we found an apartment and then decided to stay there. And that was like five hundred euros, uh, yeah, a month. So like two fifty each. It's pretty reasonable back then. 
um, and it still is today, which which still makes it accessible for artists. Although, yeah, it's gone up. Um, and yeah, the journey began. That was two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah, we just um, we started from scratch. So we had to get all our furniture, grab some stuff from the streets. <laughs> this is so we to, Yeah, we used yeah. to go to our, our IKEA to get like a mattress one at a time, so we can both carry it back on the on the train. That's how we got wow. it back. Um, and then we were also looking for a studio space, so we just walked around the streets and we found this industrial, like alumin- old aluminium factory near where Grease Mother used to be, like, but opposite over the river. And uh, yeah, just knocked on a few doors and there was a guy that owned one of the spaces who's like a car mechanic and he used it to store his, what is, I don't know, bits and bobs. And then, yeah, we took, took the space and then we had an empty warehouse, which is like 75 meters squared and just built from scratch, two studio rooms. We put in like uh, a toilet, a kitchen. There was no central heating, but that that was, yeah, that was where our HQ was for like at least five years. Wow, yeah. very handy. Yeah, Alan was super handy. I learned from a lot from him. He's he's a bit of a whiz. Um, like he, in Google Maps or Google Sketch, we'd like draw out the studios and build a room within a room. We had them both mic tied in the middle. We had like a live room with a drum kit set up. It was cool, yeah. Looking back, we were super lucky to get that. And um, just was a little bit out of the way for me to get to but um for five years that was like where i wrote uh, my first album and we did these in hands the first album there uh, and the second one so it was yeah it was pretty cool awesome what did you do back then on the weekends like what clubs were fun or what were um, your interests besides i mean back then Bergheim was like the best still um it was kind of like for me the golden era like just at that point Ben Clock had dropped his, I think, one album, which became a bit of a soundtrack. Um, and yeah, there was like another club by the river. What's it called? Williamsburg? I can't remember. I used to just cycle around at five in the morning, just trying to network and just as meet as many people as I could um, and just try and find like an agency because I left my old one. And um, yeah, there were lots of cool places. Golden Gate used to go to sometimes. Is that still open? That's actually something I think about sometimes. Like, how important is it? Because I've heard that around, I think also Hector Oaks once said that he was like socializing was a big part yeah. in the beginning. And like, how how important is that in the scene? Uh, I mean, back then and before social media, probably probably like really important. Like if I go back to when I was, say, 16, 17, because um, I got my first residency in London when I was 17. So and I, so I used to play every Sunday. At a place you were called, not even allowed on the club. No, they didn't know that either. <laughs> so there was this like uh, message forum. I used to hit up some promoters or I'd go from my parents' house to London, just take a train, take a mix CD and a... Um, a business I used to make business cards and I used to go to clubs meet the promoter shake his hand and like give him my mix CD and then follow up with an email and I was always doing that wow what a businessman yeah I was hustling like you know just Amazing. trying to like network and um I think back then when you didn't have social media and you couldn't show what you're doing it was important whereas now you can kind of do everything online um so I think and back yeah okay so then 10 years ago at Berkheim everyone was out there yeah, hanging out, networking. And I think it's good to show your face. Even today, it's good to get out there and be a part of the scene. Yeah, for sure. I don't do that as much now. Sadly, I'm a little bit jaded after the weekends, but like before I was touring every weekend, I was always making an effort. And, or at least on the Sunday as well, people used to come back from the gigs and everyone would like meet up at Burkham mm. on the Sunday, which I'm sure happens now still, but I kind of 
Yeah. I, I don't like uh, indulge with those days as much. But you don't like <laughs> partying so much. I do, but I'm just or? like, just, yeah, I'm getting old now and I'm jaded a bit. So you feel tired? Yeah. I also enjoy the quieter moments a bit more. No. Yeah. I guess it's uh, a <laughs> flows and ebbs yeah. of life. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so you don't take a weekend off to be able to like go out with your friends? And Not like, really, no. No? No, no. I am taking January off in 2023 to just focus on music, but I kind of just All go with the January. flow. Yeah, I kind of go with the flow. Right the now. most boring month of the year. Yes, yeah, the most bleak and coldest month. It kind of, uh, it's the one month I think a lot of DJs take off. It feels like it doesn't really affect the, the flow of the DJ circuit so much. Um, you can still DJ there, but I feel like that's the one month that, yeah, it kind of makes sense. There's not so many big, big shows happening. But will you stay in Berlin or yeah, go somewhere? Yeah, stay in Berlin. Yeah. Although a lot of, it's tempting to go somewhere like Thailand, but I don't think I'll get so much done. i just be no. sitting on the beach. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I am curious, like what would, if you would compare, now I go back a little bit, but yeah. if you would compare London to Berlin, like... The two cities have obviously changed a lot since 2009. Yeah. But how would you compare them? Like what the first them? Um, okay, so I guess London, everyone's a little bit more money focused and career focused. Whereas in Berlin is kind of the opposite. People are more, they're focused on their creativity first. And I think that's what makes Berlin special is that it kind of acts like a filter. The people that come here, they're not here to chase money. So you kind of just got everyone leading with creativity first so there's a different energy here i think that's kind of the main thing and of course the cost of living's like pretty different so i mean i have a nice apartment opposite opposite park now and like i couldn't have the same place in london just be crazy expensive so i think they're the main things like less people in berlin are less driven by by money and career it's more about yeah just doing the art do you think it's the same as it was, I like the same thing that differs the cities as it was 10 years ago. The same? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, I don't think it's changed that much. I think it's, I think it's people are still attracted to Berlin for the, yeah, the freedom and creativity, the freedom to express themselves. It's very liberal, the hedonistic like uh, history here. Um, I don't think it's changed so much over the years. Mm. Is that also what makes you live in Berlin today? Yeah, it does. I'm still attracted. I like. I, I'm fortunate to travel a lot, of course, and I'm always looking for a city that could outdo Berlin. And I'm always think waiting for that city to kind of blow me away. And every time I come back to Berlin, it's there's not. I always feel like this still has a special energy. It's hard to kind of like put your finger on it, but it, I think it just comes down to the people. Um, mm. That's what makes it the people. Yeah, yeah, and I also hear that a lot. But a lot of uh, DJs are talking about the taxes in Germany and they're like trying to find a better place and then it's like coming back to Berlin. Yeah. I mean, there's that, but it's not so bad, Mm. but I know there's a few DJs that have moved to certain countries to get (laughs) away from that. But I mean, I guess you've got to ask yourself what's more important. Like, do you want to feel inspired or do you want to like save some money? So I'd rather stay inspired. True. But yeah, so you don't have that part of the family, but you found you. You also said you had you got some new interests since you came to Berlin. One of them being veganism. Yeah. So I guess two thousand. Yeah. Shortly after moving to Berlin, I was just YouTubing away as you do as like a twenty-two-year-old, pretty keen. And um, I guess yeah, I became interested in changing my diet, and I felt 
great. I used to get a lot of, um, I just feel quite sick after touring on the weekends and, mm. and going plant-based and eating more fruits and vegetables kind of like helped with that. Um, but did a pe did any person inspire you or like? Not really. There was one guy on YouTube I would follow. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, not really that interesting. But my, my mom has MS, multiple sclerosis, oh. which is like a neurological uh, yeah. uh, chronic illness. And so that, I guess... Um, was a bit of a catalyst to explore this more and, and relating um, what kind of diet and lifestyle to chronic illnesses that I found that really interesting. Um, and then I just, yeah, then of course, once you get past the kind of uh, the vanity side, and, and I guess you are being a little bit selfish because you think about your health. For me now, like the animal uh, welfare side is kind of what's driving me to be vegan. And I get that's what really veganism is. It's about um, being against the, uh, the cruelty to animals. So, um, yeah. Yes, that's something I wouldn't have imagined, you know, before I moved to Berlin happening. And I've, I'm also a part of a couple of businesses, uh, Cafe Ingwer, it's a vegan coffee shop in Felixstein, and uh, the Green Market, which is like a vegan lifestyle market, which happens, um, well, yearly or quarterly, but it's taking a pause right now. Oh, so, pause, yeah. why? A uh, bit of a rough COVID, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. I can imagine. Do you cook a lot of food? Uh, I'm, I'm a really bad cook yeah yeah I'm, i'm pretty like dysfunctional so it's like what's gonna get me through so yeah i'm, I'm pretty bad okay Normally but you're interested in yeah restaurants <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right okay well, i eat a lot of fruit like smoothies are smashing the smoothies like uh I've, i've experimented with a few uh interesting uh diets as well there's there's one point where i was eating like just purely fruit and i was training for the berlin marathon What? that was pretty crazy but that's so sweet yeah but it's uh, it was um sweet in what way though but because like, it's A banana has like kind of the perfect ratio of like carbohydrates, protein, fat. So, oh really? Yeah, I was. So you could live on only bananas and you'd be fine. Uh, you'd need some greens and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, now I'm pretty just easygoing and yeah, rice, beans, salad, Mexican, Indian cuisine, sushi is cool. So yeah, but I'm pretty pretty bad in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, funny. Okay, but what are some other interests you have? Um, I guess like I don't know, like pop. I like to do a little bit, a bit of sport. Um, do you feel so healthy? Do I feel healthy? Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like running and like play tennis and stuff like that. Oh, tennis. Yeah, pretty bad, but I like to do that. Um, there's quite a few DJs that play tennis, actually. Believe it or not. Um, you so, play together? Yeah, there's a few a few of us that used to play play together, and um, I had a coach as well for a few years. Um, but like apart from that, it's just, I don't get that much time to have other interests like, because when you're your own kind of boss, I'm also running like the record label and stuff like that. There's always something to think about. Um, I kind of enjoy that side as well. If we would like look back on your whole journey, would you, are there any key moments that you remember and watch as those moments shifted your career or changed it or like evolved it somehow? I don't know. It's, I don't know, it's so weird. Um, it's, I, don't, I can't really answer that question. I'm, Are you very much in the moment every time? Yeah, I'm not like, I don't have any set goals, but I have like a vision of what I want to do. But mm. I'm so, I'm always thinking what's next that I, I, I guess I don't have time to just pause and reflect, which I should do. I mean, I'm proud of my career and like what, because I've looked back and, Since the age of, say, 23, sorry, <laughs> since the age of uh, 13, and I'm 36, that's like 23 years of doing this. Mm. 
it's a lot's happened and I'm I'm proud of like achievements but this I guess there's been moments when I've played bigger shows and I've been around certain people and I've realized that okay that direction's maybe not for me and staying kind of like I'm really happy where I am now at the moment and and, and being able to play say un- underground shows or like bigger bigger events and still present what I feel is me and there's been some gigs where it hasn't always gone to plan and it's made me realize that direction and those people around those events as much as they're, they're cool people it's not really for me there's, this is really interesting yeah, because you're turning the question around yeah I mean okay so there it's was good. There was, like there's it. been some interesting like situations where I realized you yeah um one 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 funny gig I played which this this is my first ever like big gig and there's when I was with CLR and uh they were doing parties at Space and Ibiza and I was like okay it's a techno party da, 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 da. and I finished on this collaboration with Chris and the, and the and the, the, the the set was for me I, I liked it but it's pretty banging and then the owner um barred me for life because I played like basically techno and it was then I realized oh shit okay yeah you should probably adapt and that was kind of like a hard lesson and a strange lesson that I kind of realized um yeah you in in those bigger gigs you kind of have to adapt a little bit more than you think you 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 could um do you adapt or do you prefer to only take gigs that are like following your I I mean I usually I come from like the area where you play to your time slot and you wouldn't like so if you're going to do a warm up slot you're going to warm up mm. um some DJs especially now will start at like 150 whereas I think you have doing an opening set and an awesome opportunity to show different colors and shades of what you're into so I've always this come from really that mindset interesting, actually yeah. because I also hear a lot of uh, promoters at clubs they can even ask like if you're opening a little bit slower they can ask you like but are you going to go up to 140 or 150 soon like please go up you know yeah it's I think maybe that's because the harder sound is a bit more in in right now but I did an opening set for my label party in London at Fold a few weeks ago and that was super cool and really creative and it was awesome to kind of set the tone especially as like a label event and just it's been a while since I've done that, but it was nice to start with some ambient and then just take it up to like 100 BPM, also some half-time DMB, and then started with like yeah, just slow four to the floor, um, yeah, some old like Mike Park and stuff like that. It was it was cool. I find that really, um, yeah, it just gives me like a feeling of I don't know excitement, enjoyment again because it's, I'm always being booked for like peak time slots, but I kind of gravitate towards more being more open. And I think you can do that in an opening slot or a closing slot. So so you like that old way of adapting to your slot yeah. and being like, that also gives you some creativity or like a way of being creative and I like. I've always thought of the, the night as a whole. So there should be like an arc and I would put, put my shoes, put myself in the position of a promoter. And if you're, for me, running a party you also want that dynamic that you want the, for me i would like that as well as someone dancing like you want the you want the night to grow and to peak and if you just start hard it's pretty flat and pretty boring and yeah i think you can show way more all the different shades of techno or, or whatever you want to whatever genre you're promoting if you if you allow or get djs to to explore different um yeah colors is there like yeah um were there ever a moment when you like 
because you started so early. So many people they um they went to a club and they got completely mind blown and they were like, Wow, I feel so much. Like yeah. they this um DJ is really turning something on inside of me and this is what I have to do, you know, like an yeah. awakening. Yeah, I didn't really have that because I was so young. I couldn't go to the clubs. Exactly. So I was just experiencing like radio. So at school, we only listened to like UK Garage, Jungle, Drum and Bass, and it was all being like the output was pirate radio stations or tape packs, from, which used to buy from like Slamming Vinyl and Kingston. It'd be like uh, One Nation Innovation these would all get passed around at school and there'll be live recordings of clubs. So that that's how you kind of could, could imagine yourself in the space. Um, so yeah, it was a different mindset. But when I would go to clubs, I always wanted to be the DJ. I always wanted to be in that booth controlling the environment and just, I, I found it hard to just sit there and watch or just enjoy it. It's kind of still how I am now. I want to be there. Yeah. Um, around. But then when it comes to your own productions, what kind of drives you there? Uh, that's a good question. I think it's always been in hand with DJing. Like since I got into it at 13, I was always making music because I couldn't play in clubs. Even though I, I was collecting vinyl and, and DJing in my bedroom, writing music was just part of this journey. And um, I find it also the, the moment when I can kind of be in that flow state and be present. And it's kind of like, um, I find it really important just for mental health, just to have that moment of, of creativity. So that's like probably one of the only moments I'm feeling super present and not worrying about anything else. And mm. I kind of find if I'm not being creative or if I haven't written music for a long time, I can feel a bit grumpy or a bit, a bit weird and down. And as soon as I'm in the process of writing music, I'm just, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling like it's, it's just giving me this sort of energy. And yeah, it's, it's strange, but mm, like a it's almost like meditation. Yeah, I was going to say like in a flow kind yeah, of like yeah. cleansing. Yeah, it's basically, I think, um, being creative and writing music or like running stuff like that. I need to just be in that, that yeah. Mm, but flow. now you mentioned meditation. That is also something that can often be associated with with uh, veganism. Veganism. Like, Veganism. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow, yeah. I guess it's, it's kind of like healthiness and the, you know, the. I think it's people kind of presume that being vegan is in, in, in that world because a lot of people are connected. But essentially, like, veganism is just an ideology that you are against animal cruelty. That's it. Mm. And then you are a little bit more aware, yeah. like, about that. And often I feel that spirituality in that sense like when you're like listening more inwards than outwards yeah. that's also something that makes you be aware of like oh animals feel yeah. or you know I, I th you definitely I become know. more connected mm. when you're thinking of other sentient beings on planet earth that you're sharing this planet with and when you realize what they're going through yeah you, you definitely feel this extra energy do you meditate i should meditate but i i basically i will come to end of the day and do this really short yoga routine and then just sit there and pause and kind of reflect on the day. I try to do that. That's kind of more of a recent thing the past couple of years, but I'm, I'm still getting to that point where I can just meditate for a long period of time, but I'm still but working you, on that. You, you are a little bit, are you spiritual? Like, I don't, do you have, what does that, I don't know I don't what that know. means. It can I mean, mean anything like it can mean like, I have a yoga mat. Yeah, you have a <laughs> yoga mat. I have a yoga mat that's in my suitcase when I do gigs. Mm. I get to the hotel room and lay that out and like, I need, I have these little things that help me feel like I'm at home. Um, 
So yeah. I like to try and stay in a routine. And I guess, is that spiritual? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, spiritualism is so, I mean, it's I such think, a broad question. Yeah, too. Um, like, I'm, I'm aware of, of, I guess, our actions and consequences with, you know, with, with animals or the planet. And um, mm. I guess, is that being spiritual? Yeah. I think I think everything. I can have some be. crystals in the apartment. I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure what they are. I think or what they do, but that's like definitely I the stuff over yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there, yeah, that's cool. Okay, so you believe in energies, or like you know, like every everything is yeah, obviously I, I energy. Think, but yeah, I yeah, and I can feel energies with people. I don't know if you can. You know, so mm, you can definitely walk into a room and you can feel if it's slightly off. If there's some negative vibes there, mm. for sure. I think, yeah, you're I a sensitive so. person, maybe. Yeah. I'm a Virgo, so I think uh, there's that. No, oh, I always cry. I always do. <laughs> perfectionist, sensitive. Um, Virgo. Yeah, the yeah. virgin. The, <laughs> the sea uh, lady. <laughs> the sea lady. I don't know if she's a sea lady, but she's a lady, yeah. Yeah. Isn't she in the sea? It's like uh, Ariel in I'm Disney. Sure. No. Is she a mermaid? I'm not sure. Mermaid, exactly. Okay. Are you that? Okay. I think I'm not sure what, it, what the traits are, but yeah, I, I find, I do find that kind of interesting and when there's a full moon people always say like it's you can struggle to fall asleep and stuff like that i kind of believe in that i and do yeah. too i sometimes i cannot sleep at all yeah yeah and yeah i but that's also it's also you can also explain it. it's like the water goes up the yeah. you know there we're like how many percentage are we filled with water you know yeah exactly yeah, we we're all one we're all one <laughs> <laughs> okay that says it all <laughs> Yeah, so if we go back to your uh, music, yeah, I can also like combine it because uh, when you create the set, do you all do you do feel that we are all one in the on the club? When you have those moments, those like awesome gigs where everything does kind of fall into place, yeah, for sure, and that's that high. I think that you're chasing is that moment where you're kind of like this tribe and you're you'll get it. You're on that same le- wavelength. Um, I think, yeah, that's that kind of high you chase as a DJ and to kind of, and to try and conjure that up as best you can. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel, this is something I thought about, like, did you ever enter a club and the energy was really low and you felt you just couldn't bring it up? Yeah, it's, it's happened um, for sure. Uh, but I think you learn as a DJ, the more you go through those processes. Like when I was starting out and I was like 17, 18, I would lose the dance floor a lot. I was like, fuck, what am I doing? Like, and so the more of those experiences that I had, because back then people weren't coming to see me play. So it was like, you really had to do your, you know, really had to work and read the room. And so that's what I learned from a young age was reading the room, seeing what vibes would work and then maybe uh, leaning more into those that did. And then once you had the crowd, crowd's trust, you could kind of experiment and push things a little bit further and, and, and start dropping in tracks that maybe they weren't expecting um but yeah those moments are pretty daunting and now i'd say if there is that moment i kind of know how to get out of it and read the room and start directing things a little bit more but i think it's important to go through those points and i think that's where you learn to dj is having those moments not always having a crowd that is uh packed and there and it goes and is cheering for every single track yeah um yeah yeah um okay someone commented on your her set that for me, this man defines techno. He doesn't sell out. And what's your view on like uh, 
staying true to techno and not compromising. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, I'm flattered that someone thinks that. I'm not sure I can like fully agree, but I think I think I feel a lot of people have this vibe with you. I really, I mean, I think it's so uh, subjective who is selling out and who's not these days, especially especially with social media. It's all become quite blurred. What is underground? What is not underground? Um, I think you just, I think all I've done is like, I've had a, a clear vision and I've tried my best to stay true to that vision. And ultimately that, when you follow that, that, that path, you get so much more back rather than veering off and maybe following trends, which might get you like a, a quick fix or, or a faster path, which might not, I don't know, play out the way you wanted to. I, I don't know. I just try and do my thing and, 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 and have fun in the studio and, and, and do that, do the label and, and release tracks that I enjoy doing. It's just, mm. it's just my journey that I'm trying as best to stay as true as possible to myself. Mm. Um, and the true the you is definitely techno. What is techno? I mean, I think, um, I think like I have an interest also with other genres like drum and bass, jungle and stuff like that. And I've always tried to weave that into techno and I kind of feel the techno that I like isn't a sound it's, it's more concept so for me techno is always moving forward and i think that's what it originally set out to be back in the 90s it's just a concept of moving forward and i'm not really into playing tracks that sound nostalgic i don't like playing 90s techno very much i want to i don't want to hear a 909 i don't want to hear sounds that i've heard before i want to hear sounds that are kind of like fresh and exciting um and that's what i'm also trying to do with the, with the label is just show tracks that push in that direction yeah, I was just going to say it's it's interesting that you feel the techno is something that is moving forward. Because also that is something everyone is always connecting your label with. It's forward thinking. It's forward, it's forward. It's new thinking and it's like, you know. Yeah, and I mean, I try. I, I, it can also sound, I don't know, a little bit cheesy to kind of big yourself up like that. And no, I, I think though I, it sounds like yeah. how can you, like, you know, how can you assume what's, what the future holds like yeah. that's also something that is yeah i like to play scary, with yeah know? for me i just like this kind of slight sci-fi edge i wanted to sound a little bit futuristic that's just kind of like what i find exciting in this uh, imaginary kind of sci- sci-fi kind of world and um yeah and again i want to hear ideas and textures and sounds that haven't really been done before so much and this is it because i mean the Sci-fi is not always going to be the future. Maybe yeah. it has been now, but you are pushing it with other instruments too. Yeah, yeah. And how do you <laughs> find that when you meditate? No I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm with the label. Like I'm just trying to like cross-pollinate different genres and stuff like that, and just mm. just try and um, keep myself excited as well. But mm. uh, what was that comment again? But yeah, I, that, I'm flattered by that person's comment on YouTube. But, yeah. Um, like I said, I think this whole idea of who's who's not selling out is very subjective now. And um, mm. some people might say I have sold out. Some people haven't. I don't know. Like it's it's such a weird thing like these days with social media and everything like that. But yeah, do you that's stay, a nice comment. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> do you stay very like, do you try to not be affected by what people think and say and opinions and such? Um, I think I like to think that I... I'm pretty focused and stay on my path, but it's hard not to take that in. And I, I probably do worry too much about what people think of me and, and we'll read comments, but generally like I, my comments and feedback and like the whole kind of 
community around what I do is pretty positive and um yeah I'm fortunate to just do what I want to do like if I if I want to do a drum bass set, I do a drum bass set on her if I want to do something deeper I do that if I want to do yeah I, I don't really um you don't feel limited by anything yeah and somehow it kind of all works together and I think there's a lot of other people that are into the similar sound and direction and uh, I hope that grows and um Yeah, yeah, I think that's also interesting. Like, what do you think is, is uh, what would you like to see more of in when it comes to to think, new productions and these things? I mean, with 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 the scene, I'd like it to get a bit more varied mm. and people just to take more risks. Maybe promoters also to stay with their vision and have more people building small little subgenres and. Um, Like I'm also interested in maybe pushing more like 170 DMB stuff, but in a way that is falling into the aesthetic of techno and the label and this kind of moving forward sound. What would you say has like, what has shaped you musically and like to um, being where you are? now or to uh, producing what you produce right now and play what you play i think my kind of um like teenage years i think that shapes most people like what they're into in their teenage years and that was most definitely like jungle drum and bass and even though i was still collecting techno and everything at that same time i think those years at school definitely f- kind of leads into what i do now in the studio and how i kind of dj so like um overdrive distortion broken beats like syncopation i guess playing the drums or like enjoying different rhythms that's kind of all falling into what i do i'm not always producing just straight up techno i actually find that quite boring and when i am trying to make something fall to the floor it's really hard to stay with it because i'm like what if i just move this kick drum over here and break the rhythm up I'm like, yeah that sounds good so um yeah definitely breaks and 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 syncopations um been a big influence mm. on what i do Yeah. So you, but did you ever listen to anything else? Did you listen to like metal or, you know? Not not really, because this the school I went to, if you kind of, there are two, it very, it's very tribal. So you had the kids that listened to um, like electronic music, like garage, jungle, drum and bass, and the kids that listened to grunge and rock. It was like, you had to choose your, your group. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really get into like live, like more like live bands and stuff until I went to university. Um, so like listening to, I don't know, um, Smashing Pumpkins or, uh, I don't know, Tom York and, uh, yeah, Radiohead and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, that came a little bit later. So it was always the sounds that I was listening to as a teenager, teenager that I think led into the studio more so, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. If you're a Patreon, you get to listen to the extra material where Tommy47 shares his view on what the techno scene is lacking at this time, as well as what it needs less of. And much more. Go to patreon.com slash playful magazine. It's either this or it's that. This is this or that. So I'm going to say two different things and you will let me know which one you prefer. Uh, sci-fi or horror movies? Sci-fi. Yeah, I got yeah. that sense. But you do you watch horror at all? Uh, not really. It's a bit boring oh. sometimes. You think boring? Y- S- scary. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
more sci-fi for sure okay i'm really i'm really shit with the uh, film trivia so like don't ask me which films no. or <laughs> which actors i like because i uh, i feel i'm the same there i don't remember what their names are yeah it's the same with with music i never remember what i'm playing apart from the artwork so like oh when i was playing God. records that's that's all i just remember the artwork I, I this is something i've thought artists. about yeah. i thought like yeah to... i mean because when you when i would be djing when it, especially playing records this kind of like sixth sense would come like take that record and your your mind would just go would just imagine the front cover of the vinyl and you just go and dig that out boom play it so like when i tra um, transitions to using cdjs that's kind of all gone unless you are going to painstakingly put all the artworks on each track which i don't do and so you're just presented with a big list which i find really um yeah overwhelming so that was quite hard to to get used to um transitioning to like how to pull out tracks so i just like used big words and tags like deep peak and all this and just that would trigger it or i don't know i'd pick out something funny from the artist's name or track title but okay yeah. that's a great tip yeah. for anyone who is also more visual than yeah. you know or you could probably be sensible and like put the cover out there or like i know one dj uses different colors for different um feelings like red for peak blue for deep stuff like that and that's so you just flick through and you see the colors but, yeah i've heard about that yeah. i think hmm Okay, preferably work. Now I know this one. Okay. Or we all know this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. School teacher or chef? Prefer for me, to work. Uh, yes. It'd probably be, it'd probably be, be a teacher because it's more of, of service. And I, th I find that quite, um, yeah, I find that more appealing. I, I thought think. you were going to say because you can't cook. That, yeah, that's your <laughs> thing. But like, yeah, I recently found like but I find it... Um, yeah. More pleasurable. More pleasurable to kind of give something back. And Do you also you teach music? No, no, no. I, I mean, I would never like, uh, I don't, I'm not good enough to teach, but I just feel like being of service. So, and I'm a bad chef. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. YouTube or Netflix? Netflix. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, bored or enthusiastic? Enthusiastic. Yeah. Uh, cocktails or coffee? Coffee. Mm, I feel the mate coffee. Yeah, Are you like yeah. addicted to caffeine? Yeah. I mean, I love specialty coffee shop. I'm also a co-owner of Cafe Ingvo in Phoenix oh, Shine, so everyone should check it out. Yeah. And, uh, what, yeah. What's your specialties there? Vegan stuff, I guess. Yeah. So it's mm. like everything vegan and with a slight leaning towards more of a healthy lifestyle, but there's like cool raw cakes, um, cookies and stuff, but it's all like organic, whole food. And then we're really into specialty coffee. So it's... Uh, yeah it's special really coffee speciality so it's like single origin so the beans come from one farm ah. so like there's uh this there's a second wave coffee movement which would be starbucks for example and the third wave coffee movement is uh beans that come from one farm and it's like it's kind of like yeah natural wine did you visit the farm oh uh, no i haven't visited the farm i'd like to yeah where's it no I, I would like to but our beans are roasted mainly from bonanza which is mm. a, a berlin roastery in uh, in berlin so, of course, like they're getting beans from Kenya, Ethiopia, Colombia. Really nice. It'd be cool to visit a farm. Yeah, sure. super cool. Yeah. Um, introvert or extrovert? I'd say probably introvert. I think that it was in the extrovert year we talked more about yeah, this. People would probably presume maybe I'm an extrovert maybe, but I'm actually, I feel like a bit of both, but probably leaning more towards introvert. Like I, I'm happy to be alone at home and just, um, yeah, recharge, but... So I guess, yeah, introvert. You don't feel the need to be out with a lot no. of people? No, not really. No. no. Uh, <laughs> vegan schnitzel or vegan hot dog? Um, depends 
what the uh, what is what it's made from. Because <laughs> I've had a really bad vegan uh, like cauliflower schnitzel, so uh, uh-huh. you know it depends on what the kind of uh, the ingredients is. Maybe it's mm. like a tofu, maybe it's a seitan. Both are good. Both are good. Yeah. Um, let's say the hot dog. Okay. Interesting. What does that say about you? I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I'm impulsive because I could have been either way. <laughs> Very casual. Yeah. Okay, so we have also received some questions from okay. some um, of our followers. Okay, this is actually super fun, I think. Uh, so the first question someone yeah. asked was if you could give us two to three up and coming names that we should listen to. Okay. Um, this is maybe going to be a bit biased, but okay. There's some um, great new artists. One would be Quelza from France who lives in Berlin. I think you've had him in your magazine. Um, um, another one would be Flaminia. She's she's from Italy, living in London. Um, and the third, um, uh, it's tricky. Um, third, okay. It I was actually two, two, three. So we can, okay. There you go. It's All fine. Right, <laughs> Perfect. Um, what is your best advice for someone wanting to create their own label? Um, take your time and um. Yeah, take your time with your visual identity and um, just go for it and just trial by error. Like, don't wait till you think you have it figured out. Just just go for it, start doing it. It, it will kind of, it will come together. But you, the, the most important thing is just like taking that first step and uh, you're never going to feel like you're ready, but just take that, take that leap of faith, do it. Good. Is there anything you need to have figured out before? Well, you, like you definitely want to work out maybe six months or like to a year worth of releases how many mm. are going to release are you going to do physical are you going to do digital then you're going to want to find a distributor so that's the next step um then you're going to work out are you going to pay for it all yourself or do you want to get a pnd deal which is like production and distribution deal with the uh vinyl uh distributor so mm-hmm. there are questions to ask but, but ultimately i think just um yeah don't be don't be scared and just go for it and, and be prepared to kind of make some mistakes but it's it's really easy to do especially if you're doing just digital to to get a label up and going great tips last question that we picked was what would you do if you were not working with music in any way yeah it'd probably be uh i'd be my own boss in some capacity and probably running a few businesses that are definitely leaning into the vegan a businessman yeah (laughs) Yeah, but you already do exactly yeah i Mm. I think um trying to give something back in some way i think that gives you the most kind of uh it's most rewarding thing in life to kind of be of service a little bit so i feel yeah it'd be uh, some businesses aligned with uh with veganism i guess yeah Yeah. thank you so much (laughs) thank you thanks for having me that was really (laughs) great yeah This was it for Playful Podcast this week, but please follow, subscribe and listen to our next episode. And if you want to have a say about future artists or even ask your own question to one of our guests, follow us on Instagram and make sure to add your question when we lift our coming guests. Thank you so much for joining and see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? 
Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.